Hello and welcome to the One Football Podcast. It is rolling. Thanks, Big Daddy Slow. That is not very nice. Get the curtain noise in. Perfect. My wife was listening last week. Oh, yeah. Or she listened last week. And she said she enjoyed Benny. But she's sort of contractually obliged to enjoy Benny because... We sort of hang out a bit outside, yeah. and she'd be friends with his wife. A lot of questions about what's happening here. <laughs> and uh, she said she enjoyed Nico, who was. Uh, she said he, I think she said he had some good opinions. Mm-hmm. And then that was it. All right. Okay. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> you have to do better today. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm going to do worse if anything. Didn't. Yeah. Just didn't. Didn't no, register. Nobody else registered on the yeah, podcast. Fair enough. Yeah. I think that includes me. <laughs> so you know. Don't feel so bad about it. Yeah, a bit of German bias creeping in there, perhaps. That is true. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she she is anti-English yeah. and anti-Irish. And so am I, so... <laughs> we should get along, if anything. <laughs> <laughs> she should be pro-you. Yeah. Anyway, joining me, Ian McCourt, on today's One Football podcast is Dan Burke. Hello. Is Francesco Porzio. Hello. And is... Special guest... I'm, I'm not that <laughs> No, okay I was going to give you a special guest intro Please, please go ahead Oh no, it's too late You're oh, It's Danny is rough So podcast at onefootball.com Is where you want to send those emails If you have any questions You think we can answer Now, I don't know if you guys Were listening last week But we had a particular email That said Somebody had to bleach their eyes After seeing me Did you? Mm. <laughs> I thought that was a bit harsh Wasn't it, Francesco? Yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, we're going to start this one on a more positive note, thanks to uh, Anthony Zacchino, who says, Hey guys, I have to get this out. Saw Ian in the video with Matt on YouTube, and he looks nothing like imagined. Wow. <laughs> no, hold on, it's getting better, I promise. <laughs> He's much younger and significantly more hipster than I figured. So he sort of figured I was a nerd. And, and old. old. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I sort of blame you on all of this because a couple of podcasts ago, maybe the last podcast you were on, you were like, oh, my friends have this image of you and it's never what they think it is. And ever since then, I've got a lot of... It's, it's catching on. Yeah, it's, it's catching true. on. Yeah. So, yeah, blame you. Second, my wife is from Buenos Aires and we lived there for a few years. You've been to Buenos Aires. I have, yes. It's a good city, isn't it? It is a very good city, yeah. Uh, Favourite city in South America. Oh, yeah, by yeah, far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry, Rio, but yeah, Buenos Aires <laughs> rocks. Anyway, he continues, I double-checked with a bunch of my friends and no one has ever heard of Wanda's tradition of burning photos of their partners to celebrate their birthday. This is in reference to mm-hmm. Wanda's actions last week. Finally, as a Juve fan, thanks for going easy on them after the Champions League capitulation. Because I wasn't here. <laughs> well, well, hold on, no, hold on. He now has a bit about you. He says, also, please start having the Italian Inter fan on more often. Right. <laughs> yes, that's that's quite a good good start to the podcast, isn't it? You wouldn't say that if you knew him, Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> he says, "Cheers from the dumpster fire that is Cleveland, Ohio." You get a Cleveland. lot of uh, American emails in. I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing. Probably good. You like beat to the Cleveland? Uh, Cleveland, no. LeBron James is from Cleveland. <laughs> LeBron James, very, very nice. <laughs> this uh, burning picture thing was also backed up by Millie from Buenos Aires. That's quite good. Mm-hmm. Listener from Buenos we're, Aires. We're very international yeah. these days. Uh, who says, oh my God, guys, we do not burn pictures on birthdays. And then we have a, a resume of what was going on. On a gossip TV program, a tarot card reader read on the cards that Wanda had done some black magic or something to that effect right. to make a cardie stay with her. 
which Accardi's sister Ivana already said she did. When she asked about the burning of the photo, Wanda said that it was a joke because she was accused of black magic thing and also she was burning fake newspaper news. <laughs> this is getting complicated, isn't it? Yeah. It was well, me don't tell me about it. Don't this, tell me about it. This is you who brought it was me all this brought up. It up. Yeah, but yeah. it was reported in Italy. It was reported in Italy that there was a tradition in yeah. Argentina, but then the day after the media, they all, everyone was saying that it was not true. Okay. But we're talking about Icardi now or later? No, we're going to talk about Icardi later. So right. this is I'll just save a, for later. That's a teaser introduction. Teaser. <laughs> Get the people excited. <laughs> I really enjoy the podcast. Keep up the good work. Hope that helped. It certainly did. Yeah. It certainly did help too. And it was Dan's fake news via Italy that, that we had to counteract anyway provided by Italian desk <laughs> <laughs> so to start off today I would like to play a game of would you rather you know how this you know how this goes you're given two polemical options and you've got to choose which one so would you rather manage Celtic or Leicester Leicester Celtic it, it depends on what stage I'm at in my career. <laughs> if I'm Brendan Rodgers and managing Celtic and have managed Liverpool and stuff, I would not manage Leicester. But if I were given the option right now, I would probably, given that I've never managed a football club, go for Leicester. Okay, well, I mean, you're in Brendan Rodgers' shoes right now. Mm -hmm. You're saying Leicester is the way to go. I think so, yeah. Why? I think it's a good job for him. I think, I think he's sort of always had his eye on a, a Premier League job again, hasn't he? He's kind of got unfinished business. I mean, every job he's done since Swansea, he's been a success, including Liverpool. Paul, I would say that was a success. You know, he's won seven and a half titles with Celtic now, hasn't he? They're probably going to win eight this season. Mm -hmm. Like, people are saying, oh, he should have stuck around and tried to win ten in a row. And it's like, well, if if that's like the only way you can be considered sort of an achievement is to win ten titles in a row, then you're in a bit of an unbalanced league there, aren't mm -hmm. you? And I think he, um, he said he'd taken Celtic as far as he could. So, yeah, I think it's a good move for him. I think he'll be a success at Leicester. But don't you think he could have made a, an actual step up or a bigger step given what he's achieved and, and given some of the things that he did at Celtic possibly you know? yeah I saw someone the other day saying they, they sort of always thought that he might take a job in Spain which you know he's still a yeah, fairly sure, young man sure, so maybe sure. he still will um, someone like Sevilla would maybe be a good fit for, for Brendan Rodgers style of football but I'd love to know how his quotes translate into Spanish <laughs> <laughs> what did you say you said Celtic I said Celtic because I don't see the point I mean he's in um, he was in charge of a team that has a, had a perspective also growing internationally in Europe. Mm -hmm. And now for me, this is a step back because it goes to fight for uh, maybe Europa League in two, three years. And I don't see the point of doing that in, unless just going back to the Premier League and uh, having more... Um, place in the media landscape mm -hmm. probably. I think, I think Leicester has probably seen as a bit of a stepping stone for him as well though like I think he, he's thinking well if I do a good job here you know get them top six top seven a couple of seasons in a row then you know maybe a Manchester United or a Chelsea or someone like that might take a punt on him what I will say is that I think he probably could have waited until the end of the that's season that's the thing I mean him. how can you leave I mean these are we discussed about it yesterday with you because in Italy it's not possible for a coach to change the team during the season so what do you mean? I've seen, I've seen Italian no, coaches. No, no, no. If you manage, for example... No, no, yes, but they can only be, uh, go back in the same team. Uh, okay. So, for example... Oh, that's true. If yeah. now Allegri uh, resigns from Juve, uh, you cannot change teams. You cannot go to Inter yeah, yeah, okay. right now. Okay. Mm -hmm. Because they want to prevent the occasion that this happens quite yeah, often. He could go to Man United, couldn't he? Which is what Celtic and Leicester would be. Uh, yes, but you cannot go... Yeah. You can't I, go with I'm not sure about it, honestly. Okay. Maybe in another league, yes, I have to figure that out. But this is something that can really change 
in the future. Imagine that because in England it's possible. Mm. So imagine if I don't know Pochettino in December was going to Manchester United. Mm-hmm. That would, would it be possible, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah well, people possible. have said before that there should perhaps be a transfer window for managers, and I think there's probably something. But in that's that. I mean that's very unfair to me, honestly. Yeah, because I, a manager has way more responsibilities than a player in a club. Mm-hmm. So. To me, this raises one of the fundamental questions of football. Do you go for high profile or do you go for success? And What do you mean? Well, he, if Celtic is technically not as high profile as Leicester because Leicester's in the Premier League. The Premier League is beamed around the world and it's one of the, obviously one of the biggest leagues. Oh, you mean, okay, go ahead. And, and success, and, okay. And he, Dan's right, he's going, Rogers is going to use this as a stepping stone to get to a bigger club than Leicester. I mean, that's pretty patently obvious from the start to me I mean I'm of Celtic persuasion let's say so I think it's wrong that he moves mid-season I mean why go to a club that are going to be mediocre in the Premier League when you could actually be winning things and playing in Europe also we're talking about a manager that could do the same move probably in in June i mean, right. Leicester could say, okay, we're going to have a, a caretaker manager until yeah. the end of the season. And then. Uh, and Leicester are, pretty fine. Leicester are pretty fine for the rest of the season. Yeah. They're not, they're not really going to get relegated or, or exactly. like that. So, so bringing Rodgers in now wouldn't make a difference to them, but makes a big difference to Celtic. This really opinion. makes you also understand how Brendan Rodgers thinking. Mm. Because, you know. Another manager maybe wouldn't do the same thing. But I will say this, he has always been a weird dude. No, no <laughs> yeah, question. That's why it's so great to have no a question about that. Like, yeah. I can't wait to Stuff that comes out of his mouth. I mean, the first really... interview was promising, I have to yeah. say. <laughs> the hostage video? Yeah. <laughs> did you see this? No. He did a video for Leicester introducing himself, like, you know, great to be back, blah, blah, blah. But it looked like, as Dan was writing in his piece yesterday, that it looked like he'd been taken hostage and was just reassuring his family. Which would be a good explanation for all of this, <laughs> if, it, if it were true. But anyways. Anyway, Celtic fans took it pretty well. They unfurled a banner yesterday uh, during their win to say, <laughs> you traded immortality for mediocrity. Never a Celt, always a fraud. So... Yeah. Fair enough. I have a feeling he won't be going back to Parkhead anytime <laughs> soon. Uh, so we're going to talk Glasgow. We're going to talk Premier League in a bit. But first of all, uh, we need to talk about Kepa. <laughs> What the hell was that? Has yeah. anybody ever seen anything like this before? No. I have. I have seen it before. Oh. So you guys know Ganso? Third division. No, uh, no, 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 no. It's uh, you, you know Ganso who is, uh, yeah, yeah. where is he these days? In Fluminense? France playing somewhere. Or maybe he went back to Brazil. Yeah, he went back to uh, Brazil. When, when he was a kid and playing in Santos in the same team as Neymar, and he was the bigger player, there was, I think it was a cup final one time, and it was also late in extra time. And the ma- he had no injury or anything. He just like had no fitness. And the, the manager tried to take him off, and he stood there, and there's a famous video of him going, no, mm. no, I'm not coming off. And... Uh, I think they won the game so he was kind of lauded for it like what a cap- what a leader what a warrior mm-hmm. all this kind of stuff mm-hmm. and it's interesting to see that the reaction in England was so different and also because they they lost if, if he'd saved the penalty I think we'd be having a completely dis- different discussion yeah. Yeah. did anybody buy the misunderstanding line or was it I just <laughs> oh wait hold, I can't even get my full question out here hold on a second was it just a very visible sign of player power being out of control at the club okay go on i think it was actually a misunderstanding, honestly. I think we have to understand also the position of Maurizio Sarri, which was um, fighting for his first title in his career. We have to remember mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. So he wasn't in control of the situation at all. And you could see that 
from his reactions, from his Italian words that I cannot repeat here. <laughs> and um, when he was leaving the stadium, there was something incredible, you know. In that moment, I think he was thinking, okay, if I leave now, tomorrow I won't be anymore the manager. Lost, yeah. So I have to go back. back. He almost had his foot out that door. Yeah. It was close, because the, the security guy had the, the door the, open. The, he was you ready. See, <laughs> you see uh, the security guard saying, was he sent off? He didn't understand that he was yeah. uh, he was leaving, and uh, there is uh, him saying that. So Sarri wasn't in control of the situation, of course. But I really think that they didn't like he didn't understand that he was fine. He could go on, honestly, because the the, uh, the doctors were not back in the bench, so uh, they went back when they went back later. So he didn't really understand what was going on. So I don't think it was a misunderstanding between the two. It was just that Sarri didn't understand what was going on, really. But if it was such a misunderstanding, why has he been fined a week's wages? And why was he dropped against Tottenham? No, okay, time? now, and then we have to understand that there is a public reaction. Mm-hmm. And the public reaction stays anyway, also for the image of the club. So imagine if they didn't find him, we were here saying, okay, Chelsea doesn't have mm-hmm. the balls to find a player that they paid 80 million, how much did they pay yeah, him? And they, yeah, and they don't, uh, they don't support the manager. So that's the narrative that everyone's sort of jumped on, isn't it? I think that it's sort of the, the um, lunatics are running the, running the asylum kind mm-hmm. of thing at Chelsea. I don't know about that. I'm, what I'm unsure about is what Sarri's kind of motivation for bringing Caballero on was. Was it a tactical decision or did he genuinely think that Kepa wasn't able to carry on? No, but it can be both. I think a bit of a combination of like maybe he saw, okay, Kepa's had a slight injury and Caballero has the history mm. and the penalties you know that and the city. Just, and I don't want to interrupt you. Hmm. Kepa's record of penalties is better than Caballero. Yeah, everyone's talking about Caballero like he's never let a penalty in. Like he's had, to my knowledge, one success as a, in a shootout, which was when he played for City. In a, uh, yeah, in a I think it's foreknowledge of City. Is no, yeah, is but it, exactly that, that thing. Yeah, but half of the players that were taking the penalties weren't playing for City at the you time. Can, you can see there. how it makes sense. I, I mean, sort of. I think that's been overplayed a little bit. That angle, to be honest with you. Who was it that did that at the World Cup and everybody was like, he's a tactical genius? Was that Van, Van, Van Gaal? Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yes, Mr. Wilson, okay. wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, but that was a complete bluff. They had no evidence. He just Van Gaal an idea came into his head like hmm and it worked so okay I mean, he, so like you say he's been fined a week's wages is that enough or do Chelsea need to make more of an example from him here I think, I mean, we more, think it's more than enough yeah. Yeah? yeah you guys are very calm about this I mean looking at Twitter on Monday everybody was like this is the worst thing yeah, yeah because you, on Twitter you have like to think is it no but I was also listening to um, what's the BBC you call in the radio Five Six, Live yeah, oh, yeah. A- and uh, everyone was furious because it was all these like proper football men and yeah, that's not yeah, how it yeah. was back in my day but I think people realise the reality of the situation is Chelsea have the transfer ban mm-hmm. potentially coming they paid a lot of money for Kepa they need Kepa yeah. Sar- Kepa will be there much longer than Sarri will be there in any case and they need to do what will help them win football games mm-hmm. in the future truth is Kepa he hasn't had the greatest season he's a pretty promising goalkeeper he, he's, he's really good and they need to, to, to make sure also he, back in the days there were around. not that many cameras in the pitch so yeah. maybe they could uh, yeah. without also being true. this lack of anger and reasonableness is a real letdown for all of them, <laughs> that's what I would say so Danny you mentioned the the transfer window the ban that they've been hit with which was just right after we recorded the podcast last week Mm -hmm. Uh, two questions arise from this do they sell Hazard now or risk losing him on a free I think they've got to keep him if they can really yeah I I I have a complete opposite I mean what what is 
really what is a 100 million quid to a team like Chelsea with, with their resources they don't need that money necessarily they need Eden Hazard because if they lose him and they can't replace him with anyone else they're in a lot of trouble there but, but I have a different view and I think it's something maybe I get a little bit from American sports but that teams need to know when it's their moment to actually rebuild mm-hmm. and, and for me if I'm Chelsea this is the moment to say to, to cut it with Hazard oh, come on he's, he's getting older to, to take the maximum value you can and to, to reinvest that to, to completely evolve the uh, the club and say you know what we're not going to win next season they're not going to win the Premier League next season I think we can all accept that they're, they're not going to probably not going to win anything next season so let's cut our losses there and, and, and try build something for not next year but for two, three, mm. four years down the line invest, buy up some nice young players sort out whatever the management situation is mm. going to be uh, and I, I think the other thing is there's been this thing with the older players in the Chelsea dressing room and the, the history with the managers and they, I think they really just need to start start fresh. Mm. So you think this because I actually think this could be a good thing for the club, this transfer ban. Yeah no, but I think I think if they if they in a way if they handle it right, mm-hmm. it it could be because it sounds counterintuitive. But now you can sort of all of these billions of youngsters you've been holding on to for years, you can now bring them into the team, regenerate the image no, of the they club. No, and they can they can they they can they, they can, they can formulate say. a plan to to be good in the future without the pressure of having to try to win now, which is something that again American sports teams do really well and really successfully. You have seen plenty of examples of, of, of teams saying, "All right, let's get rid of our older, more expensive guys and and, and let's yeah, <laughs> let, let's start again." And I think you can really apply that same principle to football if only there weren't all this pressure yeah, that we have to win something every season this will, will really depend on when the transfer ban will be applied yeah. because mm-hmm. if it's going to be this summer is one thing if it's going to be from next winter mm-hmm. which is the most likable uh, option that mm-hmm. the transfer will be for 2020 not for this transfer window mm-hmm. This change everything. They can stockpile this summer then, can't they, basically, yeah. They can do whatever they want this summer and then... (laughs) But it's like, um, I think Chelsea's recruitment has been so poor in recent years. A lot of the players they've bought, I'm thinking, you know, David Zappacosta, Emerson Palmieri. There's no sporting director. All the Italians, basically. (laughs) There's no sporting director. (laughs) No, honestly, that's a figure really missing in English football for me. Because a sporting director, the managers are not like the past, they do everything. Mm. Because Conte doesn't do that. Um, Sorry, doesn't do that. That's a, not even Mourinho do that. Especially <laughs> when you're cycling through a new manager every two seasons, like yeah. Chelsea do every you season. Need a and a half. You need someone who's exactly. looking over exactly. the long-term they sustainability of the the football direction. And so, if they can't buy players, at least they will sort of, uh, you know, they can wait and sort this sporting director situation out and not waste any more money on rubbish. It's like taking some uh, like car keys off a drunk person and <laughs> sort of like saving them from the self-air. Like, come on, hmm. you've you've had enough. A reasonable adult. <laughs> what a reasonable adult would do. Yeah, exactly. Um, as for the football last night, let's start with the Classico. Was I the only one who thought this was pretty dull? Yeah, I, I saw that opinion flying around a bit on Twitter. Oh. And I, I actually thought if you look at that game versus, say, a, your average big game in the Premier League between the big sides, there were a lot more chances created in the Classico yesterday. I think what we notice is it doesn't have the same quality that it's had in recent years. And maybe some of the rivalry and the hatred isn't there like it was at the height of the, you know, peak. Sergio Ramos and Ronaldo wait for next season when Mourinho is back but in but in terms of that 
bite, no, didn't no, it? No, but it had. Uh, there were chances. I mean, yeah. I, I enjoyed watching the game. I thought Real Madrid was, was way better stuff. in the first half. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Real Madrid deserved to win in the first half. Mm-hmm. Vinicius, for me, is an amazing player, mm. and we we're gonna I think we're gonna talk about it later. Yeah. But if he's gonna if he starts to score goals, I but, think he will be. Easily one of the best young talents. Yeah. Well, that's, that was my question: is when he learns to finish, does he have to be the potential to be one of the best around? Because he seems to have a lot of tricks there. Salam learned, so maybe he can do that. <laughs> but, but Ronaldo too. Ronaldo used to yeah. hog the yeah, ball yeah, too yeah. much, and, and his finishing wasn't as good as it could be. And then you see how he's evolved. He's very young. But my only concern for him is you do see plenty of these young kids who there's this period when they come through where they're kind of so audacious and and playing with such little fear and such little coaching that they're free and everything looks amazing and the potential looks really amazing mm-hmm. eventually that gets kind of coached out of most players and and the, the feeling of bursting onto the scene disappears a little bit yeah. and it's whether he can maintain it because a lot of young players don't mm-hmm. a lot of them you think oh, of that's like, usually like when they change the club yeah. that's usually happen when they change the club i'm thinking about dembele for example at the beginning of barcelona and also um and there are other many other examples and now i don't remember so what what happened then the thing is he's already at real madrid he's mm-hmm. already in one of the most important clubs in the world and of course this year he didn't have any pressure but I don't see, I mean... No, but even at Madrid, you remember the way people were talking about Asensio two seasons ago, mm. let's say, and he just had everything. And when is he going to be better than Ronaldo? Well, now I, I think most people would say he's never going to be better than Ronaldo. <laughs> and it happens. There's so many, so many examples. And Isco, another yeah. example. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Even even at Madrid, I would say. Yeah. yeah, but I think Vinicius is another case, honestly. What happened then in the second half? If Real Madrid were so much better in the first, what happened in the but second? But even at the beginning of the second half, they were better. And mm-hmm. then uh, uh, Dembele and uh, Suarez, they created this pretty good goal I have to say and then from that moment on the game completely changed Ramadi tried to to score the equalizer and then the own goal basically uh, finished the match who was it got the own goal again? Varane Varane he's gone downhill a bit hasn't he? Yeah, I don't, f- I don't think he's going to be fit for the Classic on Saturday. I mean, I saw his uh, knee today. I don't know if you saw the picture. Mm-mm. I did. It looks like a volcano ready to exactly, erupt. Exactly. It's got the, you can sort of see the lava below, below so his he might, knee. If he plays, I don't know how in, the, how in which condition mm-hmm. he's going to play. Did, did you get the sense watching Madrid that they look a bit old, a bit jaded? There's a lot of players in there who've played, played a lot of games. Real Madrid was on an, an end of a cycle last year and they didn't change. Mm-hmm. They, they wanted to change more, but they didn't. Bale stayed, Modric stayed, mm-hmm. many other players are there, Marcelo. And I think that uh, this summer there will be a huge change in Real Madrid. I think I will be surprised if half of the team will be the same next season. Honestly. There was this one close-up shot of Modric, and I was just sitting there thinking he looks so old. <laughs> the, guy, the guy's face looks like he's well. Aged, if you refuse uh, Inter, d- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, he didn't refuse that. Uh, how do you think um, Gareth Bale is feeling this morning? Pretty good, I think. <laughs> Every loss for him is a good thing. But he can't have long left at the club. No. It's funny you say this morning, there was an interesting um, oh, yeah. anecdote that Thibaut Courtois told in an interview in a, with a Belgian newspaper recently. He was sort of slagging Bale off a bit. Um, you know, it's quite well known that he's not really bothered learning Spanish the whole time mm. he's been at Real Madrid. He's too busy playing golf. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and um, he was saying that uh, he said, "Oh, the whole team went out for dinner last week, um, and we were we were going to eat at ten o'clock, as, as is the, the way of life in Madrid." And Bale was like, "No, that's too late for me. I need to be up early. I need to be going to bed early. I need to be up early in the morning." And Courtois was like, "We got home at like one a.m. We were training at eleven a.m. He was like, how, how much more sleep does this guy need?'" He was like, "He's just basically saying he's just not bothered to sort of ingratiate himself into the lifestyle." I think this is why uh, British players historically haven't gone abroad to these kinds of countries <laughs> where they actually have to culturally integrate themselves in whatever <laughs> which is why I'm so interested to see how Aaron Ramsey gets on yeah mm. <clears throat> I think he's a little more kind of mature somehow than Bale but let's see yeah uh, anything else anybody wants to mention from the game <laughs> fairly uneventful I would say nice penalty from Suarez can, can we say that Saudi will be the last classical for uh, Santiago Solari as the Real Madrid coach well they've got another one Saturday haven't they so. yeah no, that's the last one oh, the last yeah, one will yeah, be yeah. Saturday oh sorry yeah. sorry I think so, honestly, no. Yeah. Oh, they could play each other in the Champions League, so. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if it's the last one for Valverde as well. No, he just renewed the contest. Yeah, stay, but yeah. What's, what actually has he brought to Barcelona? Titles? <laughs> no, Very but I mean... to get excited about Barcelona with him in charge. I, you know? I think they're a pretty dull team on no, the head. They the don't have that well, same the options, beautiful like, football. Who can go to Barcelona now? Allegri. He's leaving Juventus, oh, isn't he? Allegri can go everywhere, but... Yeah. Premier League like. they just have no sort of identifiable style anymore do they Barcelona they're just no. messy and 10 other guys it's such really. a strange it's like um, a bit like at times watching the Madrid of Zidane in a kind of less successful like momentary excitement kind of way where you just look at them sometimes and you're like what are they actually trying to do on the pitch and you don't really know but somehow normally it works and Messi scores a free kick and sometimes they win but it's it's very difficult to tell like they're just strange watching them is strange no they really depend on individualities and yeah. that's it and they passed they didn't even if they were the best players in the world Iniesta, Xavi mm. uh, Messi and all of them they were all depending on the game that they were playing like the tiki tac we call it even if now Tiki Taka doesn't exist anymore but now they really depend on <laughs> I wish to say that one Messi and Dembele yeah. Suarez and, and Coutinho is no. poor isn't yeah. he no Malcolm I forget he's there yeah mm. anyway Dan you watched the Premier League last night I so did. we didn't have to mm. uh, I would suggest to you that last night was the night it officially became a two horse race yeah officially yeah I yeah. mean I think it always has been to be honest oh, from, from okay. day one I think people got a little bit excited about Spurs the fact that they were sort of six points off the top in December but that's not really being okay. in a title race is it being in a title race is when you're still there in April and they're not going to be are they the, uh, I think they're eight points behind City now and nine behind Liverpool so yeah two horse race all the way what went wrong last night because they were the Spurs school yeah, a bit, they were very they? very poor actually um, I had I had this game on in the background but I've, yeah they just had I don't think they really have the sort of mentality to just keep going Spurs and, and sort of get these results when they need to yeah um, Christian Eriksen was really poor um, what was Kane was, doing what with that sort of faux headbutt that he did yeah. yeah 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 I don't know I don't know but he, he was poor as well I think they had I don't think they had a shot on target Spurs they hit the crossbar Harry Winks hit the crossbar but I think that was it they had one shot on target from Kieran Tribune uh, <laughs> some no look finish from him oh, yeah. I would say did, did you see that video going around Twitter today of that goal the video of that goal superimposed with the audio from his World Cup uh, yeah, free yeah, kick yeah, <laughs> amazing <laughs> amazing no, no, I mean he's it. not had a good game since then I don't think since yeah. that, that free kick against um 
Croatia. Yeah. Ferry was one of the best players in, uh, for England. He was World the Cup. best player. Oh yeah, he's, he's got post World Cup yeah. fatigue or meltdown. Or like Fabio Gross in 2006. <laughs> it's exactly like that. Exactly. <laughs> it's, just, it's just like that. Yeah. Uh, frustration boiling over for Kane as well. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe he's not fit. I don't know. He's being played. Maybe Possibly, not 100 yeah. fit. I, th- I mean, like. I'm, ve- I'm very sympathetic towards Spurs, as I've said on the podcast before. I think, you know, they get a bit of a, a hard rap. You know, this is a team that hasn't got the resources to compete with the likes of City and Liverpool and United and even Arsenal. And they haven't got their own stadium at the moment. The fact that they're third is quite remarkable, I think. And fair play. What's the update on the stadium? Where they're going to be next uh, season? It could be before the end of the season. Now. There's no cheese room. That's the main thing. next season. But why, why are they delaying that? What's the reason? Oh, let, let's not start yeah, on that. It's too, we don't there, have yeah. enough podcast time for that, Francesco. Taxes. No, it was an issue with security <laughs> systems at the stadium and stuff like all that. All that sort of interesting, Chelsea. Yeah. Uh, I'm confused by Chelsea. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes they're rubbish. Sometimes they're amazing. What's the true Chelsea, Dan? Th- this season for Chelsea reminds me so much of Pep Guardiola's first season at City. You know, there have been times when they've looked really good and they've played really nice football and you can see that they're, they're really sort of building towards something and there have been other times when they've been an absolute shambles. You know, I hope Sarri gets given time at Chelsea to, to, to turn it around because I think there is a great manager in there if he gets the chance and maybe next season we'll see a bit more of that. I don't think they're going to win the league next season, as you said mm-hmm. earlier, or maybe even the season after that. But, you know, they could win something. They could, if they get in the Champions League this season, they could have a crack at that. I could see them doing something in that maybe. Mm. But yeah, it's just it's just I think it's just to be expected that they're just you know with a team of basically Antonio Conte and Jose Mourinho players aren't going to be able to suddenly just play this new style of football straight off the bat. And Fair also, enough. I always told uh, Dan about it. I think the problem of Sarri was that he started too well. I agree. Yes. So there were too many expectations, and that was normal. I mean, Sarri, all the other experience he had. Uh, in Serie A so Empoli and Napoli his starts were terrible oh really? terrible oh okay poor football no results nothing and then uh, game by game he improved and then he arrived at the style of football that everyone admired last season in Napoli this season happened the contrary he started pretty good very good I would say Mm -hmm. also from a Sarri ball perspective and then now he has many problems. Just to complete that point, if he hadn't had such a good start and he'd achieved something like a 2-0 win over Tottenham, I don't know, maybe you know the team had been doing mediocre all, all season, uh, people would be like, oh, really nice step. They're moving in the right direction mm-hmm. and all stuff. But because they had that nice start in the beginning and all the dressing room stuff, people are like, oh, what's happening in the Chelsea? Will Starry still be there next season? But I have to say that I saw on TV, of course, it's... Deep, it's not easy to see these things but I saw a team with Sarri honestly on Sunday like the team seems to be with him well the him. Sunday performance was good they were the bad but, team they but also a part, of, a part of the game itself like when he was before the free kicks or maybe no maybe before the the extra time he was in the middle with the, all the players mm. they seem really close like they seem really a group of people you know not mm. like separated the coach one side and the the, the mm. team from the other so maybe the situation is not that bad as the we want to think about it that's a shame we, I like a bit of drama <laughs> yeah yeah of course for us it's better <laughs> speaking of drama is it time well no no, I don't no know. give it two more minutes we need to talk about City and Liverpool then we can talk about a card I promise so it's not a drama um, <laughs> City and Liverpool it's not a drama <laughs> so we know who the two horses are Dan yes. one of them is your beloved man City mm-hmm 
How worried were you against West Ham last Quite night? Quite worried, actually. Yeah. <laughs> City were really, really poor. They were poor in the second half of the, the Carabao Cup final and they were poor last night as well. Riyad Mahrez had a shocker. Kevin De Bruyne had a shocker. Not um, often you can say that about no, Kevin De Bruyne. I mean, he's been quite poor since he came back from injury, actually. But this was this was kind of the, the nadir of that. Um, yeah, it was just lack of sort of cohesion, which is something you don't really see a lot from City. Mm-hmm. Um, they looked knackered, to be fair, and which was quite you know why Chelsea's win was all the more impressive because they went 120 minutes of the weekend and beat Spurs at home. City scraped over the line against West Ham, needed a dodgy penalty to get there as well. You've got to ask me about that. I want to ask you about the penalty. Yeah. Be honest. No, it's not a penalty. No. Okay. No, I'd That's be very annoyed if that was given. I mean, you can see why it was given, but I, if that was given against City, I would be very annoyed. Can we not talk about penalties this week? No, we just, I, just <laughs> wanted, I just wanted a one-word answer for him. Uh, Sergio Aguero has had a hand in 118 goals and 119 Premier League appearances at the Etihad. Not bad, is he? Yeah. He's all right, isn't he? Yeah. 96 goals, 22 assists. 38 like million well spent, I think. Yeah. And he's a great dancer. Yeah. Did you see the see the video from the dressing room? The dressing room yeah. No. Wow. He's got moves. He can better than Roberto Martinez. Uh, Did you see what J- I'm Jason out of the what? Did you see what I'm out the port was doing in that video? No. Some sort of. I mean, people won't be able to see this at home, but some sort of. I don't know. Duck dance or something. It was oh, no, I missed weird. that. Yeah. He wasn't flossing. No. I don't hear duck dancing. <laughs> Very good. I'll bring that out next time out, yeah. uh, well, Sergio has definitely got rhythm, I would say. Mm. Uh, as for Liverpool, they really needed that win. Yeah, I, I think. Um, I think there's been a bit of a sort of eagerness to paint Liverpool as being in a bit of a crisis recently. And I don't think the performances have been that bad at all. The results certainly haven't been that bad. They've still only lost once all season in the Premier League. Mm. All right, they've been drawing games. I think they've drawn six games this season now, which isn't great. But, you know, still top of the league by a point. They battered Watford. Um, Absolutely battered Watford. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Very interesting to see how they get on at Everton this weekend. I mean... Everton surely are due a result against Liverpool. Surely by the law of averages, they've got I, I, I to get don't think, something. I don't think that's how that law works. Well, it's been about 400 years yeah. since they've had a exactly, result against yeah. Liverpool. Yeah. So, 2010 was the last time they beat them, I think. So, quite a long time ago. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Okay. I guess that will ease a lot of worries around the squad, though. Or if they, if they were. Yeah, if, if they were. Any. I mean, there was that sort of, um, again, the narrative um, the moment with Klopp and Henderson at the weekend when he came off and didn't shake his hand and they had a bit of a set to on the touchline and you sort of think oh is they, are they feeling the pressure a little bit mm-hmm. here I mean beating Watford at home 5-0 is not the um, the meanest ach- achievement in football I don't think it's you know it's not like sent shudders through the, the rest of the country really did you enjoy the back heel goal? yeah but it was a terrible first touch wasn't it? yeah to set it up yeah I was watching it and I, I don't want to be bad but Backheel goals just don't do it for me. I'm, no. I'm just not that impressed with them. Yeah. I think it's an element of luck. I think it's Ibrahimovic. It's another thing. Backheel roundhouse the Ibrahimovic goal I will take because yeah. I'm a huge Ibrahimovic fan. Ugh, the it man who nice. I actually preferred his header. It was nice the way it flicked up over the keeper. Yeah, I, like I thought that, that was great. What kind of goals do you like, Ian? <laughs> I love a diving header. Okay. Um, Did you see um, Meza Ozil scored his signature goal? For Arsenal yeah. last night, I didn't know he had that a weird goal, goal. where that, I don't know how he does it, where he bounces sort of like it. bounces it off the floor, but while the ball's on the floor, so it sort of like flicks up over the goalkeeper. Mm. He's done it several times. It's like a compilation on YouTube of it, and he did it again against. Yeah. Do you like Do you like that one, Ian? You're good at football. <laughs> yeah, that's good. But you're good at football. Can you do that? I not anymore. I can't walk. <laughs> Maybe once upon a time, uh, back in the days, a lot of plays, a lot of praise for Trent Alexander-Arnold. Oh yeah, yeah, he was awesome in mm. that game, particularly such a great delivery, um, decent free kicks as well. He's got a really sweet right foot, and 
good defender as well, brilliant player. I was just going to make one point about him. I wonder if Liverpool are too reliant on him in an attacking sense. And because Salah's on the same side, it leaves them a bit exposed Mm. because they need him to get up and get the ball. I mean, that's so many of their goals come come from his Mm. deliveries or his passes even. And Salah's like not exactly looking over his Mm. shoulder to get back. And I I just wonder if sometimes they get exposed. Uh, We got a question about him actually from Rishi in India, who's 14 years old. Remember being 14? No. Uh, who, <laughs> who usually listens to the podcast while doing math equations. That's what I did That too. sounds counterproductive <laughs> to me. Yeah? I don't know how you can listen to something and do math equations at the same time. Well, it doesn't listen to us. Well, <laughs> maybe, Rishi's, maybe Rishi's quite intelligent. Just a nice background. <laughs> yeah, some white noise in the background. Uh, he sa- Rishi says, as a Liverpool fan, can't help but ask, what are your opinions on Trent Alexander? So, yeah, we like him. That's all pretty good. Uh, is he a future England captain? Maybe. don't know. Okay. I don't, I don't have a crystal ball unfortunately Rishi but um, okay. <laughs> you never know <laughs> keep up the good work maybe there's an equation we can do to figure <laughs> that out uh, Alexander Arnold is the youngest ever player to assist three Premier League goals in a single Premier League game yeah not bad eh fair play any other talking points from the Premier League last night blah 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 I would like to apologise to Romelu Lukaku oh go on I slagged him off on this podcast last week and said mm-hmm. I wouldn't have him anywhere near United starting 11 and uh, last weekend against Liverpool Solskjaer played um Rashford as the sort of number nine and uh, Lukaku out on the wing I mean he was sort of forced into it and it was like yeah. that's a bit weird and then last night he played as the main striker and scored two very nice goals for United I thought so okay and Ole's getting the job I don't see who else they're going to get I still don't think Pochettino's going to go there mm-hmm. so I mean what is the other option maybe Allegri but you know Italian managers don't really have a very good track record in the Premier League Roberto Mancini wow. is the only one who's really and Conte oh, yeah. as well but apart from that you know, it, all, it always kind of ends in tears as well and Man, it's, that's it's only three, three of them that have won the league yeah. three in the last ten years yeah, it's not, it, I don't think there are other countries with <laughs> it always sort of ends in tears though that's my, my but, sort of. but I, I feel like that's just true with Italians in life in general yeah right? true so, yeah. no it might be just to it might be that Allegri uh, it depends also because um, United is looking for a sporting director right mm-hmm. and uh, current Atletico Madrid sporting director Berta might go to Manchester United I thought it was Manchi no, that's no he's going to for. Arsenal no I might go to Arsenal oh, okay might and uh, so if this Italian guy goes to Manchester United might look for Allegri which for Allegri. is okay very likely that we leave. We've delayed it long enough, Francesco. It's time. Right, it's time. It's time. So last time we talked Inter, we talked uh, Spalletti. The whole thing was a bit of a disaster, let's say. <laughs> Not the talk, but the whole Spalletti thing. <laughs> now we want to talk about their former captain, former leader, former legend, Icardi. Okay. So Former from- leader... Maybe not for the teammates, <laughs> let's say. Okay, so where do we even start with all of this? Okay, let's start with a basic, basic thing. We really don't know what happened. So we don't know what happened between Icardi and the team. But we know no, it wasn't good. We know it wasn't good. But uh, Inter has a new general director, Beppe Marotta, who was the Juventus one since until last uh, October. And since he arrived, he put out of the team Nangolan for two games, Perisic for three games, and now Icardi. So Inter is in a new course. What's uh, the thinking behind putting them out? Is it just kind of to set that there's no superstars in this club? We're all going to work the hard? Club, or the club is more important than everything. And that's 
what that but that's between the club and Icardi but the Icardi situation is not between the club and Icardi it's between Icardi and the other teammates so we don't know what happened in the dressing room but we know that his agent slash wife uh, Vandanara she's always on TV mm-hmm. she's, uh, she has a contract with, uh, with Mediaset and she goes on TV every Sunday is it Tiki Taka? Tiki Taka is the TV program and uh, in this TV program in the last weeks a part of talking about the contract of Icardi quite often uh, and she, she just talks about Icardi when she mm, goes on the show no no or? no but of course every That's Sunday there up. is a question about Icardi of course yeah. even if he scores if he doesn't score everything mm-hmm. uh, she's doing that since the beginning of the season eh? uh, so it's not something that started last week and in the recent weeks recent uh, let's say two months ago she started to talk also about the team the other teammates like Perisic Lautaro Martinez and at one point she said publicly she said I would prefer someone that gives assist to Icardi instead of a new contract and this is like about the sentence that make explode the situation Mm -hmm. so Icardi and the other um, and the other teammates are not very close let's say especially were they they close before? no never Icardi he's always been slightly apart exactly exactly and he was never a leader for the group that's what they're telling him now and uh, also he was never you you find this crazy maybe but he was never a huge uh, leader also for the fans. Well, that is this because of what happened with the jersey? Was it at Sassuolo that he that's, threw, that's he threw also, his jersey? That's also part. That's with the back. that's with the ultras, but yeah. also with the, the book, most no? of the fans don't really like Icardi. And I think this only starts. I, I really think mm. so. As Danny says, is it the book as well? Because he had that chapter. Yeah, yeah. That, off, but that's with the ultras. Okay. And so it's a very complicated. There are many factors. Who throws a jersey back, by the way? Imagine the money you can make on that on eBay alone. I like. know, right? Classic football. <laughs> so, so now uh, there is a fracture in the in the, in the dressing room between Icardi and between Spalletti and between also uh, the other teammates, especially the Croatians, especially Brozovic and Perisic. It's not like they, they, they sort of stick together and no yeah they are they, they were really against Icardi okay. I'm really big fan of these things but they don't even follow it uh, on Instagram <laughs> <laughs> so and uh, I always look at these things when Icardi's birthday was uh, 10 days ago yeah. Inter posted a picture on Instagram uh, Feliz, uh, Feliz Cumpleaños all yeah, these things yeah. and Perisic didn't like it. No, only two players of Inter liked the picture, D'Ambrosio and Candreva. And uh, if you see all the other pictures, many of the players do it, you know. So that's just... Did you go out and count who had liked the picture and who didn't like the picture? Of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is research. (laughs) It's my research. It's called (laughs) (laughs) But... um, My my really... My doubt now is that, I mean, they gave the... uh, the the arm brand captain to uh, Andanovic, which is, I say, the leader of this new uh, part of the dressing room, and the leader, uh, the actual leader of this, it's Perisic, which is not a coincidence. They started to play really well after the Zicard bomb exploded. Uh, he also scored in the last game. Why he just he feels freer now, or yeah, probably okay. yes. He and also, I have to say, the Lautaro 
Martinez, which I'm a huge fan of him, is a very good striker and he does uh, a job that Icardi was not doing. But I'm not saying that he's better than Mauro Icardi. Eh? Mm-hmm. So uh, they're just different. But for the game, for the game, the interplays, mm-hmm. for the tactics, Lautaro Martinez is very good. So where does... So yeah, but sorry, and last thing about Perisic is, I'm not sure about this because... Perisic was the player they wanted to leave two weeks ago. Yeah, we were here mm. talking about Perisic that he wanted to leave Inter to go to Arsenal. Mm. And now... And previously had been linked with Man United. So exactly, yeah. So we're talking about a player that is not really... Uh, committed? Committed to Inter. And now all the pressure is on Icardi, of course, but Icardi has done a lot for Inter in the last three years. Has scored many goals, huge goals. In the first season he played in Champions League, there were, many people were saying, OK, we want to see now Icardi in Champions League. He scored in every game, basically. Mm. He scored against Barcelona, he scored mm. against... Uh, which, which is what makes it such a difficult decision for the club, because you, exactly. you have this brilliant player exactly. who excels for the team, but is not necessarily liked by the team. So my idea is that if they did it, because that's, of course, that you undervalue the player, because now if he doesn't play anymore until June, mm. how much money you can, t- uh, you can have out, out of Icardi? So if they did this decision, something really, really, really uh, uh, problematic happened in that dressing room the day after Vandanara said those things. Because otherwise, there is no point. You could go on until June, and then you say to Icardi, okay, that's it, we sell you to you and Napoli, yeah. we'll see where it goes. Because and a sensible business decision is, to, a, is to keep him playing. Exactly, keep exactly. So if they did it, and Marotta, it's not stupid, you know, so he didn't came here to, to Inter to destroy Inter and just to... Uh, <laughs> maybe he did. Maybe he did, that's what some fans say. <laughs> but honestly, I find this really difficult to think yeah. and uh, to believe. So if the Inter decide to do something like that, that never happened in the past, never. A huge player, a captain that doesn't play anymore... Mm because of problems uh, and it's it's been public you know happening in the past of course but now everyone knows that they don't like each other yeah so i don't see how he can play now even if he so he's out. have to he's out of winter how can he play now how can he go uh, and yeah. fight with a game with perisic brozovic all these players that we know they hate him but so, i mean players hated each other on teams before who was it schmeichel and somebody else didn't get along Andy Cole and Teddy Sheringham was the famous one, wasn't it? I remember they hated each other. Yeah, yeah. Like, there's loads of players who don't get along. I mean, I work with people I don't like with. Yeah, like, like me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we we get this podcast done each week. <laughs> no, I know, but... Uh... No, but there's probably a limit to that, right? If there's something personal and the players really refuse to cooperate or those kind of things, it starts to mm. impact the At one point, the team Inter performs. was not playing good since one month and a half. Inter was not winning anymore. And we were here saying, oh, what's happening? We don't know. Like, Inter was playing good football until December. And now, what, what happened? Like, and probably this is really related to Icardi. So, and we saw that after Icardi left, he's uh, not playing anymore. Inter won basically every game, apart of the draw against Fiorentina, which I think was more a win than a draw. <laughs> <laughs> but so, you know what I mean? So yeah. the team is performing well without Icardi, but... Can they do it until the end of the season without Icardi? If they make it to the Champions League without Icardi, it's a huge win for Spalletti and the club. Huge win. So because they, they say, okay, we are bigger than you. 
you can go wherever you want mm. now. So where does he go? Because you don't think he'll stay at Inter? I think it's impossible. Unless they change uh, seven players out of 11 in the, the <laughs> main team, it's impossible for him to stay. You should have seen him on Sunday when Fiorentina got that light penalty, by the way. Bang in the desk in the <laughs> office. Francesco? Yeah, he was not a happy bunny at all. He you? seems super relaxed, but... <laughs> no, honestly, there was a... I mean, that was a bit of a... There was a Farcical, wasn't it? Incredible. Really? A part of this. So, yeah, so I don't think he can Name stay a club. Where is he going? I would say Juve or Napoli. Oh. Uh, I think he, stay, he stays in Serie A because there are no many clubs around the world. And even for him now, this is uh, not good publicity, you know? Like, mm. who wants to take Icardi and Bandanara mm. in a team and spending a lot of money? And, because uh, it comes as a package, really. It's a package, but also, I I think in Serie A, he can, he can still make the difference. For Napoli, it will be perfect. Mm-hmm. Honestly, for imagine Napoli, Ancelotti with Icardi, in that team would be amazing, mm-hmm. but I don't see Icardi living in Naples with Rolls Royce, Bentley, <laughs> Rolex, <laughs> Icardi in that city, forget about it. I, maybe I'm completely <laughs> off the mark with this, but I feel that uh, Wanda gets a lot of bad coverage I agree. I wrote an article purposely because of because she's a woman. She's, because she's a woman. I agree with it. I don't find I that other it. agents get as much shit as, I agree as with she that. does. Hold on, but how about the whole history and you see all, why are we talking? Stuff? Why are we still talking about that? Well, because it's quite relevant, no? It's relevant, but because because because, because, because she has been the, the the focal point of tensions between two teammates in the past. Mm. Directly about her, related to her. Yeah, there's you. You can't yeah, argue it's, with it wasn't that. Just it's not just her. Other people are involved too. What in sexual relationships? No, yeah, but I mean, it was. <laughs> but it we was, don't know that. No, <laughs> no, but I mean, like, it takes two to tango. So it was the other player as well. No, of course, but I'm yeah. saying if it were just say they were always, you know, childhood sweethearts and happily, no, no, of course, all and this stuff. Yeah, I had, a, and she'd never caused any problems. That's in any the main reason ever. why Inter fans don't like her. Oh, and that's also the main reason why they don't like Icardi okay. because they are together so yeah. we don't even if now you see the news in Italy mm-hmm. there, is, there are more titles about Van Danar than Mauro Icardi <laughs> that's weird I wrote an article for One Football two months ago when before this thing happened mm-hmm. about the sexism in the Italian media and Van Danara because there was the one big page of La Gazzetta dello Sport with Van Danara naked basically Telling oh the new what, bond what was that sorry <laughs> <laughs> I'll send you that. the new bond girl of football no and I no, would never and see- that's bond girl of football it's uh nobody's going to do know? that with Mino Raiola right? exactly <laughs> you, you don't see a picture of Mino Raiola no, naked but, on the beach that's, that's, that's disgusting clear. by I, the way I, but you know. I, I'm never going to argue that there's not sexism in Italian football because it's no, no, very Italian, clear it's you football see, in general but in, or in football in general in all these things and they're they're huge problems but but don't you think given her personal history and the things that have happened between I teammates before I that, agree that, that, that can also be a factor I agree with, I agree with I you that would come up if it was a man that's my problem with it okay a part of this John that Tarry, I agree with that, that down, will he? <laughs> a part of this I think that the decision for him to have her as an agent was the worst in his life I'll never work with your wife I never work with my life or in never general work, never work with your general. partner with your husband and Don't shit while you eat <laughs> But different way to say it. So because it's not easy to handle this situation, and 
maybe someone with more experience was better, you know, also with the club, with the relation with the club, not going to TV every Sunday saying about uh, your husband. So this is not helping at all the situation, but saying that she cannot do the job because she's, uh, she's just a, she's not, she's just a subrette, she's not a agent. But how many of these agents were not agents because before they were doing yeah. that? Egoist brother, what's the difference between Egoist brother and uh, Vandana Renicardi? I don't see any difference, honestly. That's probably it. I can already talk at this stage. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we, we could go on. Right. We could go on. But we'll, we'll come back to it all next right. week when the, the latest development, right, right. whatever else happens. Now, Danny, you and I know Costa Rica generates more than 99% of its electricity using renewable energy. I did not know that, but now I do. You also, well, I'm hoping you know, it has no army and five active volcanoes. All interesting facts. All interesting facts. But what we did not know is that C.S. Herdiano would bloody hammer Atlanta. 3-1. Yes. Uh, I'm I was, shocked. Uh, I, wasn't, uh, I wasn't expecting it. So, yeah, we have the CONCACAF uh, Champions League round of 16, and uh, I was busy um, yeah, talking up uh, Atlanta, and, and they, they lost the first leg of that, so they're now in a difficult position to, to go through and qualify. Uh, I don't think anyone expected it. it yeah, it just must have been a bit of a surprise reaction about it all. Yeah, it was. I think um, I'm not going to sit here and lie to you guys and pretend like the round of 16 of the CONCACAF Champions League gets huge global coverage across uh-huh. uh, uh, across the US. Um, but it, th- there was actually, there were like Atlanta media there covering the game, which is pretty unusual, and it's all part of the hype around Atlanta mm-hmm. uh, and, and new manager Frank DeBoer who's come in this was his first competitive game mm-hmm. uh, and they looked um, very much like a team who lost an important piece playing under a new manager in their first competitive game Oh, that important piece yeah. would of course be Miguel Almiron yeah. who made his debut for Newcastle at the weekend Yeah, and we thought he'd look good yeah, and Wayne Rooney said he was the best player on the pitch by miles, so there you are. He's That's not bad, but he does look like, I mean, we. I just sort of saw some some short footage that you had sent me, but he looks like he gets into the right places and it looks like he knows what he's doing and he can stand up to all those welcome to the Premier League tackles. No, I think he's very active and eager and the thing that uh, maybe if you see Almiron, he looks, I mean, he looks like I do, he's like a small little skinny guy, mm-hmm. uh, but... but People forget he's he's played in Argentina. He's from South America. He played in MLS. He's played in physical environments, and I think he's pretty well suited to handle the the rigors of the Premier League. He can take him. Yeah. yeah. Is there a bit more pressure on him? I'm just wondering now if he succeeds are there going to be people yeah. scouring the MLS more as it, no, I think, as it grows and gets better and uh, the quality gets higher I, I think there's huge pressure on him whether he uh, whether he kind of knows it or not but I can assure you that the uh, big guys at the MLS office in New York are sitting there watching every single Newcastle game looking to see how Almiron mm-hmm. performs because it's huge for the future mm-hmm. of the league right mm-hmm. if say, say Almiron uh, you know, fails and and he leaves Newcastle in a few years and never really plays and all, all this stuff. Uh, that's going to have a huge impact on on potential future sales for MLS. If he goes on and and does really well and moves on to an even bigger club, mm-hmm. well, I, I think that's exactly as you say that that you'll have more and more European clubs coming willing to pay big fees for mm-hmm. players who they bet will succeed in in the top leagues in Europe. Yeah, it's uh, opening weekend this weekend, Danny. Yes. And as the marketing gurus would have it behind MLS, there's some pretty interesting fixtures. Yeah, there are a few. Uh, I'd you say want to start with Galaxy in Chicago? or 
Yeah, that one. I mean, I'd say it's interesting mostly because you have uh, Zlatan and LA Galaxy and Giuseppe Rossi. Uh, yes, ask <laughs> LAFC. Yeah, he's going to. That's the wrong LA team. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, all, all the star power there, but it, the truth is, like neither of the two teams were very good last season. No, they were uh, no but um, I'd say of others, you could pick. You look at Atlantic and and uh, and Wayne Rooney actually. Uh, Atlantic yeah. DC. Um, we talked before Rooney was aiming for he's aiming for the title this season so Atlanta against him should be a pretty tasty affair yeah he's hardly going to aim for anything else but um, no. he, he, he was I, I think it's in a way it's kind of a realistic game because uh, we've talked about it before but he came last season midway through the season and really took DC United from near the bottom of the mm-hmm. Eastern Conference to near the top um, uh, and apparently they're their players get interest from PSG these days so wow. quite, quite a big thing there They uh, speaking of Galaxy they have a new boss Guillermo Barros Shalotto yes Boca legend yeah Boca legend <laughs> yeah he was the was one the, uh, the lost sure Super Classico yeah. oh cool. last December yes so. of course I mean so they had a terrible season last season <laughs> Can they? I, you, I expect them to improve this time around. No, they will be. I mean, it's a, a full season of uh, Zlatan Ibrahimovic, and he's gone on TV and promised that he will smash all the MLS records this season. Now that he knows the league, doesn't sound uh, like Zlatan. No, no, not at all. But <laughs> the thing is, uh, he he actually was really good last season, and they do have a really nice collection of um, attacking players. They actually have won too many by MLS rules. They have too many of these fancy designated players who are paid a lot, so they need to get rid of. Someone. Who is he going to get rid of? One of the Dos Santos brothers, probably. <gasps> or they need to do some sort of arrangement. It's in there. Who's the bad Bo- one? Both, both are still there. <laughs> well, I would say, they? no, you'd say historically Giovanni probably at least if you look at performances like for Mexico and this stuff but he's been really crap uh, so probably I imagine if I had to guess they'll keep Jonathan Dos Santos and get rid of Giovanni somehow so imagine Giovanni Dos Santos earns more than uh, the other one no? than Jonathan I would imagine so yeah, yeah. he is the Mexican Ronaldinho after all yeah. Is he? That's what they used to call him, didn't they? When okay, he signed for Spurs, right. I think they said he was like one of these. Okay. And my team for this season, who we're going to have to keep on highlighting uh, while we're doing a little bit of MLS threat, is FC Cincinnati. Tough opening away fixture. Yeah, they're away at Seattle, and then the next fixture is away at Atlanta, so it doesn't get much easier. I expect they'll have uh, two two losses in their first two games, but they have nice-looking kits. Have you seen their kits? No. Oh, I, I urge you to check this out. It's a, Myself and Danny were looking at it the other day. All of their... All of their gear is fantastic. It's a nice blue. Is that your favorite team in MLS? No, I choose a different oh, team. I choose a different okay. team each season. I have a They're favorite team in MLS. Who's yours, Francesco? Your City FC. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know he's you know, I know, he's I know, I know. Yeah, okay. Because when I was in New York, I lived there for five months, and uh, they were just were created. So I followed them uh, since okay. they were created. And Pirlo was playing there, so mm, that he, made sense. You and everyone else who moved to New York at that time and started randomly taking an interest in football. Exactly. At the time, exactly. yeah. MLS, not food. Uh, incredible. Do you, <laughs> do you have a MLS team? Concalas. Okay. <laughs> Good to know. <laughs> Anything else you'd like to mention about this? Uh, no, I don't think so. I'm no. looking forward to an exciting season. Maybe by the end of the season, we can convince Dan to watch it. <laughs> watch again. Stranger things have happened. Yeah. <laughs> Go check out my FC Cincinnati Yeah, team. they're brand new, right? They're brand new. Yeah. Or you could go with Nashville, who are coming in next year. Mm. 
get that sort of country thing yeah going. that sounds good haven't they done a um, documentary series about LAFC that's just they have on ESPN uh, ESPN Plus I think based a little bit on the, the city one thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that was my team last season LAFC anyway that's all from us today my thanks to Danny Dan and Francesco we'll be back next week but I won't be I am off for the you know for the podcast next week I'm taking a little little holiday uh, Dan is in charge mm. so you give, for that one. you give the people what they want they're always <laughs> asking for more Dan Burke uh, if you want to get in touch with him it's podcast.com he'll be happy to read out all of your interesting questions next week and of course you can listen to the back catalog on iTunes SoundCloud Spotify wherever it is you get your podcast hit